Runners, in this episode of the Up and Running Podcast, I'm going to be talking about my most recent race, Newport Half Marathon, which I used as a tune-up for NYC Marathon, which is now in a little under a month, which is so crazy to be talking about. But I'm going to be giving you all the details about Newport Half Marathon, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the in-between, as well as how I reflected on this race afterwards. I hope you enjoy. What's up, runners? This is the Personalized Running Doc. I'm a runner rehab specialist, running coach, and competitive distance runner. And throughout the early years of my running career, I was plagued with repetitive injuries and told by many a professional that it was my body's own fault, that my body wasn't built for running. So either I could quit or just live with the pain. I decided to choose option three, dive into the science behind running and training, which is what allowed me to return to running pain-free and continue chasing after my own PRs to this day. And now I'm gonna tell you all that I have learned along the way and how I coach my own athletes to do the same. This is the Up and Running Podcast. All right, runners. It is a good morning here. I don't know what time you are listening to this and what day it is, but I am just here switching up where I'm actually recording. I am now actually sitting in my living room. Um, it has a little less echoiness and is obviously a little bit more comfortable for me as I am recording. Um, but let's get down to it in terms of my most recent race, which was Newport Half Marathon. And I have actually done almost the same identical course six months prior, and that was one of the reasons that I chose this race right off the bat. Um, I realized that it would be a great way for me to test my fitness just overall and see how much I have just improved in the last six months with the changing of my training and the increased intensity, obviously, because now I went from simply just training for a half marathon last spring um, into early summer to now training for a marathon. Now, that being said, when I compare six months ago to this race, I'm also on tired legs. I'm not on fresh legs like I was when I originally ran Newport um, in April. So it definitely makes it a little bit of a different feel going into this race in October because I'm on weeks and weeks of mileage buildup and intense workouts. So my legs are not fresh. They are not tired. I didn't taper going into this race because that wasn't the point. The point was to race through it and to see what I had the potential to do on tired legs. Um, so this race was on October 8th and as we all are seeing here in New England, the weather has now officially started to shift and it's coming into the beautiful fall weather. Um, and so early morning on October 8th, which was a Sunday, it was like 40 to 50 degrees. Um, and this was something that I definitely had to consider when timing my actual arrival at the race and parking and getting to the start because you can't park exactly where the race start was. So I had to actually like walk a mile um, to get to the start. With that being said, I, I did kind of give myself a very narrow window, but had to kind of I, I count backwards essentially from the start of the race and I'm like, all right, how much time do I necessarily need for this, for this, for this and go backwards from there. And so I, I counted backwards and I got to the race around 530. Um, the race started at 
six or sorry, started at seven thirty, and I parked my car, walked over. By the time that I got there and picked up my bib, um, it was at that point I think six twenty, maybe a little bit past. Um, and I needed to go to the bathroom. There was no porta potty line, so I was like, all right, let's take advantage of that. We're going to go um, use that. And then from there, I went and did my warm up, which when you are running longer races, you don't need to do a very long warm up unless it is I do, unless it is very cold out, which for 40 to 50 degrees, it's definitely a lot colder than I'm used to with obviously it just being summer, but it is not something that I still needed an intensely long warm up to kind of get my body ready for. I also had not only my my gear on, I should say this, which was shorts, sports bra, tank top, um, and I had like long compression uh, socks on, but I also had sweats over that. So I had a sweatshirt up top. I had um, some joggers on my legs and that kept me warm. Um, I didn't need much more, especially once I started jogging. And I did, I think about 10 to 15 minutes of just like super easy jogging was probably going my recovery pace, which is about nine minutes, 9.30. And then from there, I got back to my stuff um, that my friend was holding onto and I got everything out of my bag that I knew I was going to need during the race, which was my fuel. So I got that into my pockets. I mixed my drink up that I was going to be holding um, because I was kind of testing out whether or not I wanted to be holding a water bottle uh, actually for the marathon. I've decided, no, I do not want to do that. Um... And then I put all of the body glide everywhere. When you are a girl, you obviously know that it has to go everywhere under the sports bra, um, in between the shorts. Maybe <laughs> I put it also around where my short line actually touches my waist because you just never know. So <clears throat> got all that done. And then from there, I started to do some drills. For me, that's just doing like some basic skip drills. Um, just to kind of get a little pop in my leg. And then I really also love like karaoke's or um, the grapevine. <clears throat> That's a very popular one, I think, that most people know. But did some of those and did a couple strides and then took off my sweats and got myself to the starting line. So that whole process of like when I officially started to warm up, that was probably about 40 to 50 minutes before the race. And I got into the starting corral at like a little past 720. Um, So that's how narrow of a time like window I gave myself, but was also necessary so that I didn't cool down after warming up. That's the worst thing that you can do on race day is do your warm up and everything too early and then be standing around and waiting for the actual start to happen. You won't you want to be walking into that corral, which I know can be hard for some bigger races, essentially still warm from your warm up. And if you can't do that, then you need to be able to just make sure that you're giving yourself enough room or just kind of making sure that people give you enough room um by jumping around and doing stuff in the corral while you're waiting. Now while I was still standing at the starting line, I I was jumping around. I was um, doing some knee to chest jumps 
and just keeping my legs really light and trying to stay fresh as I was waiting for the start to happen. So that's kind of how I, the morning went and in terms of how I dealt with the weather and how I warmed up and did my drills and timed all of that. Um, Let's get into my mindset actually at the start of the race. Now, earlier in this week, I had already done two relatively difficult workouts. I did a steady state workout, um, which was me working at around marathon pace or a little bit higher. So still working my ability to kind of work on my endurance, um, that aerobic potential. And then the next day I did a much harder workout. I did a five by one mile tempo. And that was actually at more of like my half marathon pace. So what I was actually like in theory aiming to do at Newport. And that workout went incredibly well. Like I was able to really hit my paces and feel strong, even running this workout on a very hilly route, which gave me a lot of confidence, but also immediately kind of concerned me because I knew that I had Newport half in a couple of days. And I was like, am I going to be recovered in time? And in between those workouts and Newport half, I still had some heavy mileage days, but they were easy miles. Um, so it wasn't very intense, but still miles nonetheless. So despite going into Newport kind of confidently that I was in a fitter place, like I also knew that I had intensely tired legs and I wasn't sure if it was going to cause me to bonk, if it was going to cause me to actually not be able to run my best. And I wasn't in theory thinking that I was going to actually be able to PR, but you know, it's always nice to kind of hope for that. And I never want to put that out of my potential because you never know. So I went into that race. um, You can run a tune-up in multiple different ways, but the way that I was planning to run it was to try and run it all out to see what my potential was so that you can essentially use that time from that half to predict what you could do on marathon day. But with that pressure and with that idea of running at my hardest, but also being on tired legs, I definitely had a mental block going into that race. And um, I was very nervous and very anxious And I know that that wasted some of my energy. I looked at my watch at one point and looked at my heart rate and my heart rate was in like the 120s and 130s at me just standing there kind of getting all of my stuff out of my bag. And I was like, I literally told myself internally, I was like, Lauren, you need to calm down. You need to take some deep breaths. So as I was doing my drills, I was trying to also take really deep breaths to kind of calm my nerves and bring me back down to like a more settled place. So this is just to show that like I've been racing since I was 13 years old and I still get nervous on race day, sometimes too much so. And that is something that I personally still struggle with is race anxiety and I'm working on ways to improve that. And it's not necessarily that I don't have the confidence to be able to race well. It's just that I also get in my head and can get in my own way. Now that being said, As soon as the race director um, said that we were all going to like walk up to the line and like to get ready for the gun to go off, it is almost like it was a switch and like it just clicked 
And my mind shifted from instead of being so terrified of the outcome and maybe not getting what I wanted to let's just let's just fucking have fun. And I'm going to swear there because that's that's me. That's who I am. And I was just so excited to like immediately go out there and then see that. And that's that's how I know that my race anxiety is actually improving because before that anxiety would only get worse come the start. And now it's almost, again, like I can, if I can get myself to calm down, if I can take those deep breaths, if I can center my thoughts, and if I can ask myself, if I don't get this result, is it really going to be the end of the world? And every single time my answer is no, because there's always another race that I can do. Um, I I can switch that anxiety from fear and and being scared of the outcome to excitement for the potential and that's exactly what happened at the start of the race and how I was able to kind of get my myself back and grounded in what I was looking to do that day which was just show up and try and do my best and so now to kind of go into like actually what the course looks like which I think is important for you to understand also why I was trying to run the course the way that I did. It didn't end up working out the way that I hoped, but the start of the course, you actually are going uphill and it's a pretty steep uphill. Um, but I think like I actually prefer it that way because it helps prevent you from going out too fast. If you go out too fast and you hit that hill right away as hard as possible, you're going to feel that within the first two miles of the race versus being feeling good through the entirety of the race, you shouldn't feel like you're bonking at mile two or three of a half marathon. But the remainder of the course after that, it has a pretty steady downhill into the second mile. And then it's some some rolling hills through mile three to around seven. And some of them are a little significant, some of them not so much. I wouldn't say that they're anything to like talk about. It's not like it's Boston Marathon type of hills, Um, but they're definitely rollers and you have to be prepared for that. So when training for a race like this, you need to include some hills into your training um, log so that you have the preparedness to kind of go through those rollers with confidence. Uh, I prefer a rolling course versus a straight flat course. As much as my last PR was um, in a half marathon that was flat, most of my training was done on rolling hills. And I think that that's what benefited me going into the flat course. But the other side of that was I was in some ways unprepared because flat courses require you to run at the same click with using the same muscles over and over again where on a rolling course you get to use alternating muscles because of the fact that you're going uphill and downhill and I find that less fatiguing than actually running on a flat course ironically but the first part of the course like I said there was that big hill and then we got into some rollers after that through mile seven into like eight it kind of flattens out from like five to six. There are a little bit of hills in there, but not, again, nothing significant to the point where you would be like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm feeling it at this point um, if you've done the proper training. And so the first part of the course, I knew that I wanted to go out a bit slower than my intended pace, which 
if it was my half marathon pace, that would be between like 645 to 655. So if I was intending to run that pace, I wanted to go out a bit slower, which for me was around like marathon pace. So 705 to 715. And I actually nailed that right on the head. And I was super proud of myself for doing that um, between miles one and three. And then after that first 5k, I started to bring it down. And I was looking to now get into my half marathon pace. And for the next 10K, because again, we were in the rolling hills and then there was a bit of that flat, I was able to manage that. I was able to hold relatively well and kind of keep my pace between that 6.45 to under 7. And I was actually feeling pretty confident. And again, I was reminding myself that I was strong and that I was capable of this. Um, My mindset and my motto to kind of keep my mind strong going into this is it's going to hurt. It's just a matter of when it's going to hurt and how long it's going to hurt for. And so I might as well just keep running as hard as I can to make it to make it end sooner. Um, And when I say hurt, I'm not saying pain. It's just the muscle discomfort of my legs being tired and achy from running a hard race as well as all of the training that I've been doing. Here's where things got rough. And here's like where I can tell you the good and the bad about the course. So the good, I do love the fact that it has rollers. Like I said, um, I do love the actual, like having the hill at the start. Cause I think that helps people pace better versus going out too fast. Um, they have really good support throughout the course. So I think that's a great thing. And it's also just a beautiful course in Newport, Rhode Island. If you haven't been there, it's obviously iconic. You're going by some of the mansions, you're going through ocean drive and it's, it is a very, very beautiful course. And surprisingly, there is good crowd support (laughs) for the fact that it's a relatively small race, um, in Rhode Island. But once you get to mile eight, here's where things get rough. And this is where things got rough for me. So again, I was trying to kind of keep my pace consistent and bring my pace down um, to that half marathon. And the goal at the the last 5k to um, 6k was to actually bring it down a little bit faster than what I planned for uh, to, to average so that my average did end up being around that 645 to 655 pace. Um, but from mile eight, essentially through mile 12, it is just a gradual hill. Um, and that just keeps building and building over and over again. And there's a little bit of relief and then there's some flattening, but then it builds back up and that just, that continues for four straight miles. And that definitely, I think no matter who you are, is going to slow you down just a little bit. Um, it may not impact some people as much as others, but it it definitely hit me hard. And I don't think it would have hit me as hard if, again, I was on fresh legs. But my legs, again, were tired at this point from two workouts. And I was also tired from already working really hard for the first eight miles of the race. And my body was just like, we're, we're not going to be able to push at this point. So my whole like thought process of, okay, like we're, we're really going for this PR right now shifted to just hang on tight and like, let's try and rip the last mile. Cause the last mile was actually down towards the starting area again. Um, it was a big loop course. And so you start and you finish at the same area, which is nice. Cause then you get that 
downhill on the back half that you went uphill in the first mile. So the that really makes the, uh, the course pretty tough. Um, and I wouldn't say that's a bad thing about it, but it's just something that you should know. What I will say that I absolutely hated with a passion um, in the course was at mile nine, right before 11 and in the middle of 12 or a middle of like 11 to 12, um, they had these little out and backs. So in Newport, there's like dead end streets that actually walk out to what is known as the cliff walk. And that cliff walk walks around the backside of the mansions. And these dead end streets are really are known to be able to access that, but they used them to add on some mileage that they had taken away from a different part of the course that they just like kind of X'd out. And so now we had these three little out and backs that you essentially ran out onto a dead end street, turned around a cone and then ran back um, up that street and then went and back and continued on the course. And you did that three times. Now, if you've ever run a race that has something like a really sharp cone turnaround, you know that no matter who you are, you have to slow down as you come around that turn. You can't go around that sharp turn at the same speed that you were kind of clicking in going towards it because you might skid out. You might not be able to like control the the torque that's happening. Um, and the other thing that these little out and backs had was a slight downhill out and then uphill back. So it was just a lot of uh, speeding up as you were going down the hill out to slow down around the hill to then hit again a little bit of a climb out of it and um, out of that turn and it just really slowed you down and it really kind of hurt the legs and I was not a fan of those. I thought that that was a really cruel thing to put in a half marathon and a marathon that's already very tough because um, the marathon runners also run this course and the back half of the marathon course is even hillier than the first part of the half marathon. Um, so that was not something that I 100% loved but essentially from that mile eight on into that last like 5k um, or 6k, however you want to view it, I I really kind of just honed in and tried to hold on tight and was focusing more on like my fueling at that point to make sure that I had enough energy for the last mile. Because again, I knew once I got to mile 12 that obviously there was only 1.1 to go and there was a lot of a like downhill at that point and I could really push that and use that to my advantage to kind of help get me into the finish. And so I, <clears throat> I ended up doing that pretty well. And I brought my last mile, um, my mile point one down significantly. And so my overall average pace ended up being like just under my marathon goal pace, which can be confusing then when you again, reflect on like, what is your actual potential when it comes to race day, which I'll get into a little bit later. Um, but that was, that was how I essentially approached the course and how I was hoping to be able to store energy for the harder back half. Obviously, that didn't work out to my advantage just because I was already on tired legs, but I think it would have done me better um, if, if this was my goal race. 
The one thing that I will say that they did change also about the course in comparison to the one that I ran in um, April was that they changed the finish of the course. The finish of the course of the one I ran in April like went out onto the boardwalk behind where um, we originally started by the beach in Newport and there was a lot of sand and I was actually very nervous with running fast again of slipping on the sand. This time around, they kept the finish on the street and into the parking lot. So it was still the same exact, obviously, distance, but it seemed a bit safer because I wasn't risking slipping on any sand. Um, It was clear in the parking lot, which was really good. Now, finally reflecting on this race. And so what does this all mean? And I will tell you when I looked at my times and I looked at these averages of my, I kind of split it up into um, the different 5Ks, as I mentioned, I was like, I don't know what any of this means because I can't plug this race into a calculator. I didn't race it 100% all out once I got to that mile eight and I knew that I was going to kind of lose my my momentum I I definitely know that I backed off a bit and I wasn't racing at my 100% potential so what does that mean if I wasn't racing at my 100% 100% potential and I didn't obviously run the time that I wanted to and is this something that I should put into a calculator to say what I could run on race day in New York and the answer is no because again it wasn't an accurate kind of view of what my potential is because of the just like layout of the course. Um, Those out and backs that I said that slowed me down, the hills on the back half, me already being on tired legs. You can't get a true estimate of your potential with all of those things involved. So my time wasn't something that I could put into a calculator and be like, oh yes, this is my estimated marathon time because it wouldn't necessarily be 100% 100% accurate. Once I go into Newport Marathon, or sorry, when I go into New York City Marathon, I'm going to be on fresh legs. I'm going to be at my best potential. And that is going to allow me to probably run the pace that I've been training to run, which is um, around 705, 710. So how do you reflect on this race? How do you figure out what is actually possible? And here's the thing. The answer is I don't fully know. I I wish I could say with 100% certainty that I know that I could absolutely hold 705 to 710 pace come New York City Marathon and that this race gave me the 100% confidence and answers I needed to to be able to make that happen, but the truth is I don't. Um and that's that's the scary part of training and racing is because we can do everything right and we could still bonk. Um and I could do everything wrong and still have an amazing race. There are, there are so many ways that this could go. But what I can look away and objectively stay, say when I look at this race was, one, I did reach my goal. I, in, in some ways, I ran faster this October than I did in April. I ran two minutes faster. And objectively, that shows me that my fitness has obviously improved considering the fact again that I'm on tired legs running this and I ran I still ran faster and um, these changes to the course obviously could have slowed me down and I I still was able to kind of pull out of that and so I was very proud of that Um, the other thing that I can objectively say walking away was that middle 10k 
of the race where I was trying to hold on to my half marathon pace, even through those rolling hills and then up until the hills of the back half, I felt very strong. It it didn't feel easy. It didn't feel like I was going out for a general jog, but it was definitely something that I was like, oh wow, I actually do have the potential to hold this for an entire race. If I if I was on fresh legs, I definitely think I could have done that with no question, maybe even go faster. I, I'm not positive. So with assessing those two things, assessing how I ran the race and my ability to pace much better this time around than I have in the past, as well as how I felt in those paces, I think all of those things point to the fact that my training is on target and I am in that range of potentially running what I love to run in New York. And I think if I play it smart and I go out easy like I did in my half marathon um, this time around, I will be able to hopefully average the pace that I want to run. Now, if I don't, then I don't. Um, I'm still so grateful and so excited just to be able to run another major marathon and to have qualified for that major. Uh, Major marathons are hard to PR because there are so many people. The courses are just mostly tough overall, um, especially New York and Boston. But um, I am just very excited to to be in that energy again because there is so much energy in these cities and I've heard so many great things about New York and I'm just very excited to eventually be a part of that. And so I'm I can't say that I I will be unhappy if I don't get a PR. Obviously, I won't be as happy as I would be if I did, but I'll definitely still be very appreciative of the fact that I had this opportunity to run this race. And I can objectively say that my training over these past months have has transformed me. I feel much stronger as a runner than I did six months ago, and I can objectively see that I've gotten to that point. So that is my recap of Newport Half Marathon. I hope you guys had some takeaways from my experience running this tune-up and how I approached it, how I worked on my mindset through the race, how I paced my race, and then how I reflected on actually how I did in my race. But if nothing else, I hope you guys learned about a beautiful scenic course to come and do in Rhode Island and maybe come and say hi to me. But that is all for today's episode of the Up and Running podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And again, if you guys have questions on any certain topics that you are looking for me to dive into deeper, please go ahead and reach out to me on Instagram at the personalized running doc. I'll talk to you guys soon.